All right, welcome in episode 74 of the Hot Grits Podcast. I'm Travis Shannon, and with me, as always, is Spencer Maddox. Today, we'll have Tim O'Neill on the back half of the episode. Tim is a professional golfer from Savannah. He'll talk all things golf with us after playing in the Rocket Mortgage Classic this past weekend in Detroit on the PGA Tour. He calls in from Texas on the second half. But first, we'll talk about the Hawks, Maria Taylor versus Rachel Nichols, and a lot, lot more. Stick with us, episode 74 of the Hot Crits Podcast. My name is Van Johnson. I'm 67, made up the city of Savannah. I'm pro go Let's go. That's all we need. Ain't nobody gonna rip like me, spit like me, flip like me, drop them hot grits like me, hits like me, just like me. Ain't nobody gonna rip like me, spit like me, flip like me, drop them hot grits like me, hits like me, just like me. Welcome in episode 74, Travis Shadon, Spencer Maddox. It yep, is yep. the Hot Grits podcast, post-Atlanta Hawks edition. We'll have an electric interview with Tim O'Neill, Savannah's, one of Savannah's best professional golfers, um, at the end of this episode. I thought it was good. I, I thought it was a really interesting conversation. Yeah, with I liked Tim. having Tim on. He was fun to talk to. Uh, <laughs> and then Will Smith, the actor, just somehow works his way into the conversation, too. So uh, stay tuned for that on the second half. But first, Spencer, uh, last week I told you about Brandon Bain from right. Coach's Corner, Rubbin' and Grubbin' NASCAR show. Um, talking a little junk. Yeah, so we got a little clarification on that milk jug. Correct. Thing. Okay, so he didn't say that we were shaking milk jugs. He says that he was going to place us on milk jugs. Right. Our premise was he was getting at, we don't go to coaches a lot. Yeah, which is not true. We were right on that premise. That's what he was getting at. But I went up there the, this week, last Wednesday, because I didn't know the audio. I didn't, I didn't know what was going on with the milk jugs, so I said, fuck it. I'm going to Coach's Corner. I'm going to yeah. find out about these milk jugs. Yeah. Damn it. Here's Brandon Bain on June 26th. This is his original shot at a left field. Now, we've been promoting this guy. Yeah. He drops a bomb on us like this. Hey, Travis Spencer. Hope you guys are doing your thing. I'm about to put a missing poster up, bro. I'm going to put you guys on milk cartons if you don't show up here to coaches at some point in time soon, man. Come see us, man. Like, I, I don't want to do the it style, but I'm going to have to put Travis and Spencer on milk cartons, man, and have them up here. All right, so Brandon Bain's going to put us on milk cartons? Like, yeah. Like we're, like we're missing children, <laughs> I guess? I don't like it at all. I don't like it at all. And like I said, I went up there yeah. the following week, last Wednesday, and this is what happened. I walked up to the show, basically as they're recording live, and Carl Damasi, you'll hear him in the background in this clip, saying, tell them about the milk jugs. Tell them about the milk jugs. I went to get answers, and this is what happened on last week's Rubbin' and Grubbin'. There again, Hot Grits, Travis and Spencer. Man, I tell you what, those guys are pretty wild. They talk about all kinds of stuff, keeping you up to date on everything sport-wise. we got Travis right here. He doesn't on a milk jug? There's Travis, man. As I said, I told him if they didn't show up, I was going to put them on milk jugs, man. What does that mean? We don't know the milk jug. You don't know what a milk jug is? Man, it's a jug of milk, you know? Like a milk carton, man, you know? Jug of milk. Missing yeah, children. Oh, man. Missing children used to go on the back of them, man. I know what a jug of milk is. I just didn't get the... Yeah, yeah. No, you, I hadn't oh, seen you in a while. You were missing. Missing children. Yeah, you were missing. Now. You know, a little missing children, no, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Use it. Use that one. Yeah, definitely, man. 
So as I say, Travis and Spencer, man, always keeping you up to date on everything sport-wise, man. Those dudes, those dudes do a great show. Uh, absolutely love them. All right, so there it is, Spencer. All cleared up for us. Brandon Bain says that he's going to put us on the side of milk cartons like missing children, yeah, even like, though we like routinely John Bonet Ramsey or something. You know what I mean? Like, I thought it was an here. uncalled for shot. I thought it was an uncalled yeah. for shot, but but as we do, we, we got to the bottom. We of it. stay promoting NASCAR. We stay. Pro- We're NASCAR guys, dude. Have we been. Have yeah, been. Have since been. Day one. Have been. We turn left. We turn left. When we come up to a red light, we don't turn right, dude. Uh, we Tony turn Stewart. Ever heard of him? Yeah. Jeff Gordon. Ever heard of him? Bobby Labonte, that's a funny name. Ever heard of him? We're NASCAR guys. We're rubbing and grubbing guys. We're coaches guys. We always have been. We don't shake milk cartons. We're not on milk cartons. Get the milk carton thing out of here. Brandon, we're coming for you, dude. Let me be clear. I do like milk. I just don't want to be on the side of any cartons. Go check out out Coach's Corner today, though. Go do that. Because if you're a sports fan in Savannah, you have to. 912-352-2933-3016 East Victory Drive. Shout out to our guy, John Henderson, recovering from a little bit of health issues, but I'm not sure anything is going to stop John Henderson and Coach's Corner, Nothing, Nothing will stop John Henderson, and nothing will stop Coach's from adding more and more TVs. I think they're now up to 1.7 billion We were just now TVs. getting the count. What did you say, 1.7 1.7 billion. 1.7 billion TVs at Coach's Corner. They got cold beers. Yeah, so one, one, TV, for every, one TV for every four person on Earth, four people on Earth. So check them uh, out. Carry the one. Yeah. Divide by. Quick yeah. Man, no, that's good. Man. That's yeah, good yeah. stuff. All right. Coach's Corner. They're our title sponsor. Tell them the Hot Grits podcast sent you and you'll get a discount. Check out the coach in AD on Wednesday nights and Saturday mornings. And then check out Rubbin' and Grubbin' Brandon Bain, that lobbing son of a gun. Wednesday nights, YouTube, subscribe there. Or All right. We got some drama now in the NBA. We'll we do. Get, we'll get to the Hawks. We, we gotta, have to get to the Hawks. We got to put them to bed. Yeah. But let's talk Rachel Nichols versus Maria Taylor because this has all, I mean, I, I would think it's Ollie Frazier. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of hype, Mayweather yeah. Pacquiao, Nichols Dude, Taylor. Would you would you pay pay-per-view to see those two box? To see Nichols them box? Taylor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nichols Taylor. No. This, that's a lot. I would. Dude. There's, there's multiple the duos up. at ESPN that I would pay heavily to see box though. I think Wilbon and Corn. Uh, I, I can never say his name. Cornheiser. No, no, no. Give me Jalen Rose versus Jay Williams. Okay. Oh, uh, I'm taking Jalen Rose that all, all day long. I'm just I talking like, about. I want to see people taking punches. Yeah, I don't like either one of them. Let them go at it. Um, Reggie Miller would obviously have to fight himself because no one would be worthy of stepping in the ring with him. Yeah. Did you know he played basketball one time? I did. All you got to do is ask him. He'll tell you. Uh, but, but Nichols, obviously in the news, you guys have heard about this by now if you're listening to a sports podcast. Yeah. Rachel Nichols, the NBA, longtime NBA uh, analyst and personality for host, ESPN. Host. She's a show host. Yeah, she does, Not she hosts, just a host, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, she she does break things down, but she's more of a show host. You know what I mean? She hosts The Jump. Uh, I don't think she's ever been on first take. She does NBA Countdown. She did it for years. She was used to be the NBA Finals host. You know what I mean? Right, right. But she's not – like, I just want – people that know Rachel Nichols know that she's offering some – voice as well it's yeah. not like yeah, she's yeah, just yeah, dishing yeah. it from one person to the no, next no 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 okay so it's not just like ernie johnson on inside the nba like yeah she's offering takes and 
those takes are generally respected. No disrespect to Ernie Johnson because he might be one of the best hosts on television. He's fantastic. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. just a different role. Yeah. Nichols is making news because in July of 2020, last year's finals, asterisk by LeBron's championship, by the way. Yeah. Bubble, no fans. Mickey Mouse. Uh, Rachel Nichols was take, taken off the ESPN NBA countdown desk and basically uh, offered the sideline reporting job, Holly Rose, normal gig. Yeah. Okay, Maria Taylor hosted, and now, one year later, the New York Times has released a scathing report, including leaked audio, of Nichols talking to, of all people, a representative of LeBron James. So she's trying to get an interview with LeBron before last year's finals. She set that up with this guy. What's his name? Spencer? Uh, Mendelson. Okay, Mendelson. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Mendelson. Sets up the interview for LeBron and then starts dishing about other stuff. Just basically unloading in what she thought was private time. Yeah. Essentially, the gist of it is that she was pissed because she believed Maria Taylor was given the gig last year because of the George Floyd stuff, because of the Black Lives Matter movement, and because Maria Taylor was black. And Nichols' comments come off exactly like that. It comes off as a person that thinks she's talking in private. And she's pissed because contractually she was guaranteed or told that she was going to host ESPN NBA Countdown for the finals. She's she, getting slaughtered she here, too. She's getting slaughtered here, too, just in the court of public opinion. And I, don't, I don't know. Uh, I mean, uh, a, a lot of people aren't. A lot of people are like, she's she's got a good point here. But I do think, I do think a lot of people are taking some of this out of context. And I don't exactly know how I feel about this. I, I told you that before. The air, I know I'm supposed to give like hot takes on this show, but I don't know exactly how I feel about this. I do genuinely feel sorry for both Maria Taylor and Rachel Nichols. Like right. It doesn't feel like either one of them. This is not a Maria Taylor versus Rachel Nichols thing in my mind. It is. Yeah. No, it is. It has become that, but it shouldn't be. Yeah. It's about ESPN. Here's a quote from Nichols in the leaked audio. Okay. This is her talking to uh, Mendelssohn, the rep for LeBron James. Quote, I wish Maria Taylor all the success in the world. She covers football. She covers basketball. If you need to give her more things to do because you are feeling pressure about your crappy longtime record on diversity, which, by the way, I know personally from the female side of it, like, go for it. Just find it somewhere else. You are not going to find it from me or taking my thing away. So Nichols basically thinks that she has been chosen as the one that's basically the pawn yeah in order for ESPN to handle what it has long failed to handle a systemic race issue i don't know if it's a problem at ESPN but it's constantly a talking point yeah they have never ever been able to figure it out and putting maria taylor up there this is my opinion spencer putting maria taylor up there last year knowing that now was a was fake and a disservice to not only Rachel Nichols but to Maria Taylor. Maria Taylor's good enough to be up there, just not it, yet. It, she it can't felt bypass like, it felt Rachel like, Nichols. It felt like ESPN did this, and they were just like, Rachel Nichols isn't going to say anything when all this like public storm is brewing about George Floyd and Black Lives Matter. Rachel Nichols isn't going to say shit. So She's they just thought take Nichols was going to take the sideline yeah. role. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which was dumb. And Holly Rowe was going to step aside because Holly Rowe, a one-time roommate of Maria Taylor, by the way, and big Maria Taylor supporter, 
was going to step aside, I guess, or else take the other team. I'm not sure how it would have worked. Either way, Rachel Nichols was not going on the sidelines and doing in-between quarter interviews. She's moved past that. Yeah. At that own network. I don't blame her. And I think a lot of people agree with Rachel Nichols, including a lot of black people, a lot of prominent black voices. Steven Jackson. Yeah. Can we, can we play that audio? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. All right, let's, this is Steven Jackson, former NBA player, basically telling it like it is. This sums up how I feel about it all in 50 seconds. Here's Steven Jackson. We all ramble. We say things when we frustrated and, and you know, Rachel did deserve that job. It's just it's just plain and simple. I talked to Rachel and I and I and I know a lot of things she was saying out of frustration because ESPN put her in a bad position and they even put Maria in a position of trying to give Maria a sympathy job. They was trying to make themselves look good because all the black Black Lives Matter and the Black George and the George Floyd stuff was going on. So ESPN tried to make themselves look good by taking the job from Rachel that she had already had that they'd already told her she had, that she deserved, and give it to Maria just to make themselves look good. It wasn't a genuine job they wanted to give Maria. It's ESPN is behind all this, bro. It's all their fault. You know what I'm saying? I can't blame Rachel. I love Rachel, and I'm going to stand behind to her. I spoke to her, and I'm going to stand behind Maria, too. But ESPN, y'all some suckers. Y'all some suckers because y'all did this. All right, so there's Steven Jackson of the, uh, what is it, All Too Much Smoke podcast? Yeah. Uh, so he's basically saying what I've been thinking this whole afternoon since this stuff broke, and that's that Maria Taylor is good enough for the job, but she's not above Rachel Nichols at ESPN all of a sudden. I just don't understand why it has to be mutually exclusive. Nichols says to the New York Times that she's reached out through text messages and phone calls to Maria Taylor. None of them have been returned. Uh, Maria Taylor declined to comment on the New York Times story. Spencer, does this all prove that basically ESPN is terrified of a Bucks versus Suns finals? Yeah. <laughs> I think it I think confirmed conspiracy they didn't want the Hawks in the finals, dude. I think that's what we can take away from this. <laughs> I just think that this is already going to be a way bigger deal. Whoever's sitting at the desk uh pregame is going to be a way bigger deal than who's tipping it off during the <sighs> Right? You know, you know I, I don't know. I think this is a story for two years, for two days. I think people like me and you care about this more than the average sports fan. I this is an explosive New York Times. It report. is, it is, it is. But I, I think journalists are going to make a bigger deal of this than the general public. The general public just wants to watch some basketball, dude. But people, Whoa. people with a voice are going to give a large amount of shits about this. Listen, you know this what is I mean? Going to affect the way the finals are watched because Maria Taylor's contract. Runs out next week Whoa. in the middle of the finals. Whoa. So they're the- going to have to figure this out. That's why this is coming out now. They don't have a choice. They've been trying to deal with it for a year. And trying and failing. Right. The way it came out was that uh, the video was leaked to ESPN servers. So basically like at your company, uh, if you all share like a Google Docs yeah. account or like this- a Gmail account, it's on there. It's the same thing for video. It so someone a- watched it, took a video of or took recording they, yeah, they their it on their phone and it's, for a year it's been bouncing around ESPN. it's a terrible look for espn that they couldn't keep this you know what i mean they couldn't fix this themselves like it got out what else they, is new yeah, yeah, yeah what else is new yeah um but i i, I want to be clear i don't think that i watch espn still to this day and think that there is a problem with too many white people up there but looking back back in the day there was I mean, there was a problem, but now I think that 
we've lost sight of what which issues we're fighting now. Are we fighting for Maria Taylor to overtake Rachel Nichols based off of what? Based off of yeah. what? Like last week, were we fighting for Maria Taylor to take over Rachel? No, no. I think I, I think removed a year removed from this is really. Uh, and Nichols didn't it's say hard, anything. Now. It's hard. It's hard to put context to this because this happened literally during the bubble while black lives matter is the number one trending topic pretty much every day for a week the bucks are sitting out games george floyd has gotten murdered all of this is on the forefront of the nation's mind so espn in all their wisdom decides they're going to put a prominent black person they're going to put a black anchor on air to cover the finals because they don't think it's right to put a white person out there i guess is what their decision making was and it comes out a year later if, if this if this leaked audio had come out a month after i think it looks a whole lot worse for rachel nichols so there there is some context here and like a little bit you, you know what i'm trying to say yeah. like uh but yeah i think espn just fumbled the ball here dude i mean it's, it's well, bad that they couldn't figure this out internally i mean and that would be on pretty much on brand uh, here's Nichols to the Times in response to the story. Uh, I was unloading to a friend about ESPN's process, not about Maria. My own intentions in that conversation and the opinion of those in charge at ESPN are not the sum of what matters here. If Maria felt the conversation was upsetting, then it was. That's and I was that cause for her. Nichols said she has reached out to Taylor to apologize through text and phone calls, but, quote, Maria has chosen not to respond to these offers which is completely fair and a decision I respect. Uh, That's soft as shit. She shouldn't have said that. You can never, dude, you can never backpedal when it comes to this type of thing. Well, that immediately. No, no, no. I, both things can be true, right? So Maria Taylor, so. Maria Taylor can be hurt by what she heard from Rachel Nichols in that audio. And Rachel Nichols can still say, I believe I should have hosted the 2020 yeah, in NBA. Yeah, countdown. yeah, that's fine. Those but things can both when, be true. When, when she does that, though, it makes it look what like all the bad things that people are saying about her. That she is one person to the camera and another behind yeah. the scenes. It makes it appear that she's doing that in real time. You know what I mean? It makes it seem fake, and that's not how you handle it, dude. If 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 leaked audio comes out, you say, "Sorry if this hurts you." I still feel this way. That's that's how you have to handle it because that's really what she's thinking right now she's just trying to protect her job and all all more power to you but that's not how i would handle it yeah and to that end rachel nichols opens up the jump today yeah as we record monday july 5th with an apology of sorts uh to maria taylor and others at espn so listen to that if you want that is a uh, loaded story and Soft. uh i guarantee you i guarantee you this doesn't get leaked if lebron's in the finals <laughs> I promise you it doesn't get leaked. I'm not joking at all about that. Let's get to the Hawks. There's no chance it gets leaked if LeBron's in the finals, but they got the Suns and the Bucks, so what else are they going to talk about yeah. on the four-letter network? All right, let me tell you guys about the 31st annual Vic Mel and Jim Walsh Golf Tournament. July 31st, 2021 at Southbridge Golf Club, a foursomes event and one of Savannah's best. $1.2 million in the last 30 years has been raised by this golf tournament, so you know it's a big one. 912-704-4281. Call or text Joseph. Tell him the Hot Grits podcast sent you. 
to sign up for your sponsorship opportunities or to get your foursome in the 31st annual Vic Mel Jim Walsh Golf Tournament. 912-704-4281. Tell them the Hot Grits Podcast is you. Yeah, let's get to the Hawks. Let's put the Hawks to bed. Let's give them a funeral. Uh. They deserve it. But first, let me tell you guys about John Carr and John Carr Real Estate. 912-228-0916, johncarrealty.com. Check out his latest homes bought and sold by liking the John Carr Real Estate page on Facebook today. John has sold millions of dollars worth of homes. Seven. Seven million? Seven. Okay, seven million dollars worth of homes in the last calendar year. And you'd love the opportunity to help our listeners in the Savannah area with their every real estate need. Whether you're buying or selling, it doesn't matter. You'll save with Johnny Carr. Get a discount on your listing fees by telling John that the Hot Grits Podcast sent you. Real recognizes real, and John Carr is oh so real. Spencer, uh, looking at it today, as the Hawks make Nate McMillan full-time coach. Yes. As we're we recording this, happen. Travis Schlink getting a postseason presser, um, after season presser, yeah, post-season, yeah, yeah. postseason, That's postseason fine. presser, post postseason, uh, and addressing certain things. But uh, above all, the Hawks lose in six to the Bucks, and it doesn't feel as bad as I thought it would. No, no, no. no. Well, I mean, that came so far. They made the Eastern Conference Finals, and nobody was getting. They were five seed. Do you wish Giannis would have played the whole time? Yeah, kind of. I too. feel like that would make. A loss in six to look better. Me too. Uh, but, I mean, that game four win, I think it was, that game four win just, like, solidified what everyone thought about this team, that they were a tough team. Like, Where were you game four? I was there. Oh, I was you there. Were, you weren't just there, bro. <laughs> you weren't just there, bro. How did you yeah. get in that suite? I never, I, we so still we haven't bought, talked about it. We, you were we, in a suite for game four of the yeah, playoffs in the Losing farm? my mind. Drinking for free, eating for free. You said we're up by 20. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so we bought tickets. Uh, two friends of ours had suite tickets that were given to them, right? So we bought tickets, uh, like terrace level tickets. They were nice seats, and we were having a blast over you there. You were with Uncle Carter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so we walk over to our friends. They're just like, just walk over here. Like, there's security's lax. I don't. I almost don't want to talk about how we got in there because I want to repeat this if it ever happens again. You know what I mean? So we walk over there what and literally to say it? just walk into the suite, pretty much. Like, I'm not going to tell you how we did that, but we <laughs> we just walked in. And to our right is the suite of the Hawks CEO. Again, won't say his name. We go over there and we're chilling with him too, bro. Like. We're all up in there, but Bogey's hitting a huge three. We're up by twenty. We're losing the our minds. The farm was rocking. The farm was rocking, dude. It's probably the best day to be in that building, period. And we like pregame, we were like, "Oh man, we just drove four hours, and Trey isn't gonna play. We're gonna lose by 20. So we kind of- <laughs> now, listen, you woke up that morning. We recorded the day before. Yeah, you woke up the next morning, and you were like, "I think I'm going to game four. Yeah. I just decided I was going. I was like, screw it, I'm going. Dude, they might not I might not get another chance to go. That's you know so what I mean? Litty. You chose the best game of the postseason to go to? Definitely. For sure. For sure, as a viewer. Now, I mean, did I choose the two worst possible games to wear my now infamous custom four shirt T shirt, which is hanging above us in the end of yeah, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. For now. for in all its glory. I mean we'll, we'll we'll hang on to that. We'll break them back out next postseason, right? Like I guess, yeah. We until have to we're now. right. Until we're right. I think the thing needs to be burned. 
Hawks are a legitimate contender now, right? Going into next year, they're going to be considered a legitimate contender, right? I would say this, like, I don't even think it's really that close between them and a team like the Celtics. No. No, 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 no. It's not even close if you look at the rosters. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, you got guys coming back. Cam Reddish. What did you What did you think so, of Cam yeah, Reddish? So yeah, I'm not going to start like you. I'll do the roster with the Hawks thing, but yeah. I, I, I don't want to start comparing Hawks to Pacers, Heat. No, 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 no. that's not what I'm Sixers, saying. Sixers, like, but they are there with I think it's Nets, Bucks, and then whatever tier, whoever you want to put in there, the Hawks are the Hawks are in that one. Yeah, but the, and to be like true championship contenders, clearly guys have to take the next step. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I would have loved to see what they did when they were healthy. Yeah, me too, man. They had I kept a shot, thinking, man, because because the Brooklyn Nets were out. Like, ah, they had a shot. LeBron's punk ass was out out filming Space Jam too. Well, see, that's the thing, man. The the Nets are a really really good team, but all their stars are getting older, and these guys are getting. And they don't play either. So. Yeah, that too. These guys are getting better at the right time. Like they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to get. They're gonna have to beat the next Nets at some point in the next five years to win a championship. You know what I mean? Now, if they don't change have the rules, when James Harden matches up with Trey Young, if he starts tickling them, if James <laughs> Harden just starts tickling Trey Young, that was super weird, dude. At an all white party, like what is up with wearing, this all white? I don't get it, bro. dude. It, it stars were there too. Jay Z. Quavo, Lil Uzi, Lil Uzi, Lil Uzi breaking it down. James <laughs> Harden, Meek Mill, list, dude, yeah, like yeah. So James Harden was tickling Meek Mill, but I, dude, I, I do want to do the the Hawks like roster thing, like the look ahead. Thing yeah, okay, go ahead. Do. All right, so you got Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter. Those are the two. Those are your two biggest blocks for improvement. You know what I mean? Those two slots. Yes. Like, yes, you could bring in a star. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if they can sign someone outright. I don't believe so. You can sign if like it's, if the questions are like what do we expect next year then yeah. like go down the roster you can say expect like expect step forward yeah expect level or expect a decline like a guy like Lou Will if they do bring him back he's gonna be worse next year you would, you would expect think. decline he's the only one that you can point to maybe Gallinari that you can expect Gallinari couldn't get worse <laughs> there's no way he could decline worse <laughs> he's so, he's so good dude he's Spencer so they would come off that contract for a thing of cotton candy I dude, guarantee game it. six he was their offense he was their offense Spencer but he gave up 50 on the other end I guess so he, dude, was, he is an absolute liability well, I not, hate his all face right, so let's let's skip Past Gallinari. All my right, dad. Skip. My dad thinks you look like Gallinari. By the way, a lot of people have told me that. That's weird. No. Yeah, like a few people. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I was like, I don't really see it. I don't see it either. You're the quarterback from Texas A&M. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or from Mississippi State. Both people have said I look like Johnny Manziel. My whole no, you don't since. look like Kelman. It's a guy from Mississippi State. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. But yeah, people have told you. me. People have told me uh, like a hundred times that I look like Johnny Manziel too. We're getting past the point. All right. So you play like Gallinari. No, dude. I got an old man's game. <laughs> I guess so, yeah, I play like Gallinari. But so the best route to improvement for the Hawks, for me, is Cam Reddish. One of Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter turning into a legit star, right? Um, yeah, but I, don't, I wouldn't say it's mandatory. It's not mandatory, but the, the path to like true contention year after year is one of those guys has to take a leap, right? Like maybe they have one magical run, Trey goes off. Akin yeah. to what he did this year, yeah. yeah. Maybe they have that, but for for them to be like a favorite at any point, I, I mean, I don't know if you're going in order. I wouldn't prioritize any of that over the development of Herder. Really? I think he, I think he has a legitimate. Whoa! I think he has a legitimate chance to be a 15 point scorer. 
I think night. he already is that. He no, just doesn't get the. He doesn't dude, get the, he disappears. Like he cannot create his own shot. Yeah. At times, if he's at, if he's ball pressured at all, it's a crab dribble and a swing pass. Yeah. That's it. He wants no part of it. Ah, uh, I don't. I don't know. I've I've watched a lot of. Kevin, he, he's got to take another step. It's it's, like, yeah, he step. he did take an, he did take another step this year, and because last year he was a lot of step backs, and he right. would just throw it up. But this year he developed step. he developed that like post fade. He developed getting into the hole. He what he needs to do to unlock his game truly is to be able to get to the hole and lay it up because he does not have that. He needs right to be now. able to score on his own. Yeah, well, he, at, he, at he least can. At times. He can, but he has two places that he's scoring. He's scoring in. The like the mid range paint area where it's like fading away, or he's shooting a three. Well, and he's, so he's usually be taking to... advantage of a mismatch. Yeah, that's it. Off of a, some sort of a switch, it's usually not the two. That's crazy there. that you said Kevin was. Uh, I, I I've always thought that Kevin would probably be their six man if they were a championship. But I'm saying, imagine. Yeah. If he gets to that point, I think Reddish and Hunter. There is no way that they don't improve. Yeah, but they have to. One of them has to become a legitimate star in my mind and well, what, you need like you got to play at least 65 like you got yeah. you got to show up yeah 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 I that's mean, you got to show up that's it that, that's huge for me obviously like that's you it. have to show up for games did Trey did Trey show you anything this playoffs like did your opinion on Trey Young change at, at all this playoffs um cuz that's been a huge narrative that he was no. like a stat padding star like that type of thing did that change for you no but you've always overplayed that you've always overplayed that like people oh people have gotten over that narrative a long time ago i don't think so and people know trey young they know he's a superstar he's no longer slept on those i think you're just trying to are, i think you're just saying things to get me mad dude no dude it's th- those days are over he gets more pub than all anybody right. all right i guess he does now when now Giannis goes down the trey young injury was arguably covered more, and to a greater extent than his injury. Now I realize that's because Giannis was a near guarantee to miss. Yeah, and Trey was a flip of the coin. Yeah, but I almost I wish know. he didn't come back for Game Six too. Like I, I wondered what that would yeah. look like. But I mean, you have to, you have to try. I'll be interested to see what Nate McMillan has to say. Like, I, I, I hope someone asks him, uh, you know, like, like grade yourself versus Budenholzer in this year. Like, if you or if you had to do ever again, was there any button? Yeah, you wish you wouldn't have, or you wish you. I think playing Collins and Capella for such few minutes in that one game. Where yeah, Collins that's tough. Victory, that that was a tough. One. I, th- I think if you give Cam Reddish a shot over Solomon Hill in Game Three, that could have swung the series in the Hawks' favor. But yeah. they, he had no way of knowing that Cam Reddish was going to come out and be on fire. You know what I mean? Sure. He was the Hawks' best player, Game Six, by oh, far. Oh man, yeah, by yeah. far. And know? I like the I like the spunk. Yeah, I like the energy. Yeah, he's, he's playing with a swagger out there, like he had confidence. That's not what Cam Reddish looked like at all this year. I, there was times where I was like, "Stop freaking playing this guy, dude!" During the year, like just sit him down to the G League or something. All right, so let's big picture it. Um, by the way, four year deal. Yeah, I don't know if we said four years. Yeah, yeah, um, we didn't really break it down. Well, well deserved. Uh, big picture. What we've always talked about, what does this do for opening night, hawk season next year? Sold out. Not not in the farm. I mean, like, did did we make... Oh, do they get, like, a did we make prime gain, time matchup? Did, did we make gains on the Falcons and Braves fan bases? Like what we were talking about with Brad Rowland? Did this do yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. This do it? Absolutely, dude. Yeah. I, I think so. Maybe I'm delusional. Now, what if the Bucks go and lose in foe? What if his son's in foe? Uh, if it's Suns and four without Giannis, doesn't matter. 
Doesn't matter. Does anything matter with the Suns Bucks in terms uh, of Hawks? No, 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 no. I wouldn't think if Giannis isn't playing and you have a healthy Suns team. It's, Trey wasn't healthy. If if Trey was healthy and we go out and get boat raced, then we're talking another thing. But it no, the the Hawks the Hawks play their ass off all play playoffs long. They beat a number one seed. They beat uh, a hyped up Knicks team. They took Bucks to six. Probably could have taken them to seven if Trey was even a little bit healthy. You know what I mean? No, the Hawks did great. I think Suns. I think Suns have a legitimate chance to sweep this series. I don't know what you think about that, but. Yeah, well, we can get to it. Are you, are, you, are you ready to wrap the Hawks? Is yeah, that yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Put them to bed. Just a R. firm, R. P., dude. A firm what a thank year, you man. to the Hawks. Can we... Yeah. Thank you, Hawks. Thank you, Hawks. It was a fun ride. It was. Unfortunately, now it's just us and the Braves. Yeah, now we got a few. <laughs> Boy. Now there's nowhere to hide. Yeah. <laughs> now there is nowhere to hide. We're going to have to watch Kevin Smith, Kevin with an A, uh, play catcher basically the rest of the season. Brave Seed Watch? Brave Seed Watch? Potentially, Braves <laughs> yeah, I, I think something along the lines of Braves wins. Yeah, they're over. Yeah, yeah, I like that. We'll, I like we'll that. We'll start. Like that. We'll start that up. Um, what were you about to get to though? Suns Bucks. Suns Bucks. Um, I don't know the betting angles. Uh, I just see right here from Dan Wojcicki of LA Times. Giannis is quote making progress, but no update for Game One Tuesday night. Says Mike Budenholzer. Uh, I would go. I'm clear. I'm definitely rooting for the Suns. Let me be clear about that. Yeah, I and, like the Suns and future Atlanta Hawk Dario Saric. Obviously, he's going to be a Hawk because <laughs> Dario, because he's a European white guy that keeps the shirt tucked in. Uh, <laughs> Suns in. I'm gonna say, give me a middle Middleton game. Yeah. Uh, and then give me another crazy game where they shoot 95 percent from the field. So you're taking Suns and six. Suns and six. I'm taking Suns and five. Okay, I know cool. that's a little bit, wow, a little what, bit a, of a reach. what a risk. Well, you said Suns in six. Yeah, and you just changed it by one game and said Suns in five. Well, I think you're right. I think Middleton does get a game. If if let me say this, if Giannis plays, I think this game could go this could go to seven. I do not trust that Giannis is gonna play, and if he does play, look anything like the normal Giannis. His knee his knee did something nuts, dude. His knee exploded. Yeah. He should have been done for the year. Someone tell Reggie Miller that you can stand up with a torn ACL. Yeah, Could for someone real. just inform him of yeah, that, please? Yeah, for real, for real. For He's, the love of Christ. He played basketball for so long, he doesn't know that. Uh, I'm Reggie Miller. I play basketball. Look me up. I play basketball. I'm Reggie Miller. Uh, Joey Chestnut is that dude. Most dominant athletes ever. Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. Tom Brady. Simone Ballas, Billis, by, by, by. I would say American Pharaoh, the horse, and then Joey Chestnut. What say okay. you? Okay. I would put Simone and maybe Michael Phelps above Joey Chestnut. So he eats 76 hot dogs, I think, and the second place guy eats 52? Yeah. 52 wins you the Nathan's hot dog eating contest in 2004. Did you know Really? That? No, I did not. It's a gross sport. Makes dude. you normal. It's a gross sport. Remember, uh, who am I? Like, I don't want to say his name yet. I'm just trying to see how quickly you get it. Okay. The most famous hot dog eater of all time for our generation before Chestnut. Kobayashi. Takeru Kobayashi. Yeah. The Kobayashi shake. Yeah. Did you ever do the Kobayashi uh, shake? No, no, dude. I, dude, I don't like the sport. I don't like <laughs> You wouldn't dip your hot dog in water? No, it's nasty, dude. Just watching them do it, and it's not natural. You're soft. Dude, I, I've, I've always had so many questions about it. Like, what happens afterwards? Do they just shit for, like, four days? Do they throw it up, like? It's a nasty sport. Oh, they rage. They're at uh, Coney Island. They go on the Ferris wheel and shit. No way, dude. Okay. If I eat four okay. hot, if I eat four hot dogs, I feel like I'm sick for a day. 
You know what I mean? So I know that something's up there. Their stomach, no human being can do that and be okay the next day. Like, they're sick for a week. Cupcake they have City. To be. Cupcake City. Nah, that's a nasty sport. All right, Spencer, we're going to wrap up. We're going to wrap up. We're going to get to the Braves, and then we're going to get to our interview with Timmy O'Neill, professional golfer from Savannah. Bit of sad news, though, over the weekend and relevant to Georgia sports in a big way. Former Georgia coach Mark Richt announced on social media that he had been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, um, and he did it in about as Mark Richtian fashion as you could do it. Uh, the term class act just gets used over and over again, but there is no other way to describe Mark Richt other than a class act. And for me, the best indicator of his importance, Spencer, is there are coaches at every level, high school, little league, pros, they are the kind of coaches that become before and after coaches. Yeah, where they change the program forever. Where periods are marked by before this guy came here and after. And for Georgia football, it's Vince Dooley and then nothing. And then Mark Rick. Yep. He set the standard that now Georgia's trying, trying to live up to and, and eventually overcome. Parkinson's, I'm not going to play doctor here. Uh I don't think it'll be a rapid descent for him. It didn't seem like it last year when he was on the ACC network. He said he's going to be on the ACC network this fall. Um, it'll be weird to know that he has it while watching him. Yeah. Does that makes sense? Well, it's, it's super sad. You know, you feel for him. Um, he doesn't seem like downtrodden or depressed about it at all. No. Um, which just shows you his character. You know what I mean? He's not, he doesn't sound scared at all. Um, but yeah, my my thoughts are with his family and uh, everyone around the Georgia program that loves Mark so much. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it'll be weird to watch it in, unless he's like visibly showing signs. You know what I mean? But so he posted. Uh, and we'll wrap that's with this. Tough. He posted, "quote I've been waddling around late. Waddling is a great word. Quote I've been waddling around lately, and people have asked me what's wrong. I've decided to tell everyone at the same time." I have been diagnosed with Parkinson's. Truthfully, I look at it as a momentary light affliction compared to the future glory in heaven. Thank you, Jesus, for promising us a future blessing of a glorified body that has no sin and no disease. In the meantime, I'm going to enjoy the blessings that I do have. See you all on the ACC Network. End quote from Mark Richt. So, sad news there. This won't be our Where Does Mark Richt Fall? And Georgia coach. Yeah, and what's we, his we will do legacy. that episode at some but point. But that episode is coming. I mean, yeah. he's worthy of that. All right. Break, then Braves, then Tim O'Neill. You- All right, Spencer, we've waited long enough time to get to those Atlanta Braves. Another episode of us recording when the Braves are one game under 500. All things considered, pretty good weekend for the Bravos. One- yeah. As always, they are directly responding to everything I say. Yeah. I turn around every single player on that team. Drew Smiley. Freddie, Fre- uh, Freddie Freeman. I like that. Freddie Freed, dude. Max Freed. Max Freed. Let freedom ring. <laughs> A pinch <laughs> hit RBI single, game-winning single. After I called him the fourth, fifth best hitter on the race? Yeah, and I, yeah. I was, I was, when he came out on deck, I was just thinking to myself, I was like, A, Spencer's not baseball guy, so he's not watching this. <laughs> And, I was watching. And B, don't let him get wind of this. <laughs> <laughs> because just the fact that F- 
Siegfried came out on deck was going to be good enough for you. I knew you would have gotten wind of that. So but, funny. but it was a gutsy effort. It was a bad. And, oh, my God. I just said gutsy effort. Gutsy. Gutsy. gutsy Real plucky. But plucky it was, squad. It's the kind of game that cupcakes don't win. Yeah. And we've been calling this team cupcakes all year. Oh, yeah. They're a soft baseball team. Because they've that, been playing like a bunch of cupcakes. Yeah, dude. They, I mean, that was a good win. That was a solid. It was, yeah. And it was like a. Uh, exciting, too. Like that ninth inning was, it got my blood moving. You know what I mean? And it came off the heels. This is how directly the Braves respond to me. This is how much power and authority I have over this baseball team. Right, right. Wednesday night, I'm at Coach's Corner. Who's on first? Uh, who's on first base? Baseball podcast with Carl DeMossi, um, and Kyle Lawson. Yeah, that's his new show, right? Right, right, right. Go ahead and plug that now. Well, we, we, I mean, I just wanted to be clear about this. The show started at seven, right? The Braves started at seven twenty. I came on around seven thirty. It was a two to two game, and I start dogging. Go back and listen. Who's on first base? Baseball podcast. Carl DeMossi, Kyle Lawson, Podbean. You can find it on Facebook, Coach's Corner Facebook, Carl DeMossi's Facebook. Yeah. Wherever you want. I started dogging the Braves, as I do, as you do. I start dogging Sandoval. And as I'm doing it, Spencer, the Braves are in route to scoring 20 runs, unbeknownst to me. <laughs> I went into that interview. They were tied 2-2. Freed had given up two runs in the first inning in his first start back. And by the time I get off that stream, it's like 7-2. to two in the third, and they're just running away with the thing. And they end up scoring 20 runs against the Mets and really beat the hell out of the Mets. That game felt like like a almost like a turnaround game for the Braves. I, I mean, if they continue their hot streak, it feels like that was a turnaround game for the Braves, no? Like a little bit yeah. of a momentum builder. They I, like, And I think even the next game following it was the one where Freddie Freeman grounds a little nubber to third base. Yeah, that and was a guy, walk-off hit too, right? Well, the guy could have just, I think it was Guillerme, Guillerme at third base for the Mets, could have just stepped on third base. Yeah. And he forgot, and he tried to make a miracle throw across the diamond. And the Braves walked off that. Yeah. Yeah, so that was, I mean. No, no, so he, like, it, he hit it to the pitcher, and it, it bounced off the pitcher's glove. Right, but it ended like up being, it was a force play yeah, he at had third a, base. He it was just, just, a, it was just an error. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was just a gaffe on their part. And the Braves seemed like all weekend were getting... Those kinds of things. Since I've been dogging Drew Smiley, Spencer, I mean, it's really unreal. This guy's been red hot in his last four starts. Let me can I, can I tell you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some break it down. Break it down. Break it down. Last four starts: one point two one ERA, twenty four innings of work, allowed zero home runs, and has won all four of those starts. So wins four and zero, one point two one ERA. They say the win stat not not as applicable as it once was, right? What's uh what's what's the spin rate for Baseball Drew Smiley? Guy. What's the spin rate for Drew Smiley during those four starts? Do we know? No, I don't know off the top of my head, but I, I would say it's working. Okay, it is working. But you know who's one point two one ERA? That's a that's not an easy number to hit over four starts, no matter what. Like even if you're a vet. No, and I mean? he and look him, Kyle Muller, uh, Ian Anderson continues. Max Fried is back. Yeah, uh, I like this Chavez kid. I don't know if you've seen him out of the pen. He's been mostly mop up. Yeah, but I, I like him as an arm. Chris Martin starting to sharpen up. Uh, Brian Snicker came out the dugout the other day and got mad at somebody. That was encouraging. <laughs> that rarely happens. So we, we got Max Fried again tonight, right? No, I think it's Max Fried tonight. Oh, oh, t- I'm sorry. Yes, tonight. I thought we yeah. were still like 
on that series. No, 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 no. So we got Max Fried again tonight. They're playing to reach 500, right? Like they're playing to get even <laughs> yeah. with 500. Yeah. What are the chances that we go to 500 today? The Braves are 41 and 42, three and a half back from the stinky, nasty, disgusting Mets. Five in the loss column, baseball guy thing. Yep. Um, We said that if the Hawks beat the Sixers, that the Braves would be over 500 before the All-Star break. By we... I mean me. Yeah. I guarantee you. I, yeah, I said the other, the opposite. The Hawks beat the Sixers. They beat the process. The Braves have one week to get over 500. I think they'll do it. You think they'll do it? I think they'll do it. I think they'll do it, but it's not because they beat the Sixers. It's because they got eliminated, dude. The Braves and the Hawks, and if you go back and look for a long time now. Oh, man, that was a crazy table. I saw that yeah. on social media. When the Hawks won, the Braves lost. The it's, Braves. it's been forever. Back, back, back. It's yeah. been forever. So the, the Hawks get eliminated by the Bucks in just heartbreaking fashion for me personally. Obviously, it wasn't really heartbreaking fashion for anyone other than Hawks fans, but whatever. I, I'm not going to lie to you. Obviously, we've talked about that at end at, yeah. or at odds, but I think I fell into it. Yeah. Because I was emotionally involved. Yeah. As this, it was because we covered them all fucking year. Well, dude. as this t-shirt hanging behind yeah, me yeah, states, yeah. it's a custom-made Hawks and Four shirt that will live yeah. in infamy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forever. Do you um, think we lost? Yeah, never mind, we'll get Let's stick with the Braves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, can I tell you that the best player on their team got robbed out of an all-star starting appearance. Yeah, Ozzie Albies got absolutely hosed. Adam Frazier, good player. The Pirates are 1,000 games back, and this guy has four home runs. Albies, meanwhile, leads the National League in RBIs as a second baseman, shows up to the office every day on a team that's got big expectations, not hidden in Pittsburgh. Um, there should be three Braves starting, but... Max Muncy should be starting over Freddie Freeman at yeah. first base, if we're being honest. Uh, first time, Spencer. That would have made Albies a second-time All-Star, right? Well, he's still going to the All-Star game. He's just not a starter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, but, right. Well, I mean, second-time All-Star All-Star starter, right? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. I don't know. I might just be making that up. Can I tell you that last year, Acuna and Freeman both started in the All-Star game? Yeah. This year, they're both starting. Back-to-back. Atlanta Braves, same pair, starting All-Star game. First time since 1966. I saw that on my doc. It was Joe Torre and somebody else, right? Who was the other guy? Oh, my God. You saw it on the doc and yeah. you got Joe Torre? Yeah. And you're saying, who's the other guy? Who was the other guy? You got was Joe- it Hank Aaron? Yes, it was Hank Aaron. How did you get <laughs> Joe Torre first? Well, because Joe Torre, like, I don't know. That's so good. Joe, Toy, Joe, Joe Torrey like a- some other bum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, so the Braves get the Pirates and Marlins this week before the All-Star game. Um, have we decided what we're... Those are games they should win. There's no way they're finishing over 500. No way. I think they will. If you had told me it was the Mets and the Dodgers, I would have been like, all right, yeah, they might eke it out. I can see that. No. You get the... Who was it? Pirates and... Marlins. Pirates and Marlins. No, losing them. Pirates and the Adam Duvals. They're going. They're going two and four to finish. Um, you want me to update you on uh, Pablo Sandoval stats? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you, you hate know. this guy, dude. This guy's the worst thing that's happened to the city of Atlanta oh since probably the Thrashers leaving. <laughs> probably. It's ridiculous. Probably. So I can't ridiculous. make this kind of stuff up. Since June first, kind of a big sample size, Spencer. Mm-hmm. Over a month here. 21 at bats. That's not a huge sample size. Continue. 
since June 1st. Okay. Okay, because we operate in real time. Since June 1st, he's hitting .055. So one for his last 21. Not good. Do you know how much this guy weighs? Yeah. Okay, so .055, it would take a lot of those to get to the, to his weight. He's This guy is not only not carrying his weight, he's taking up extra room. He stinks, dude. <laughs> and he's the reason they haven't reached 500, dude. They called, they called up Orlando Arcia, former Milwaukee Brewers top prospect, a shortstop top prospect. Uh, and he looks like he could be one of those spark plugs. Yeah, yeah. Baseball guy term, spark plug. They still got to make a move, dude. Still have to bring somebody in. I agree. It, it, doesn't it feel like they're trying to get Azuna to play again this year? Like It seemed like there was no chance he would play again this year. But Why do you say that? They can't void his contract. They haven't released any news on him at all. You haven't heard anything about him in over a month. They're not they won't touch it. First off, he wouldn't be healthy yet. Yeah. First off. Second off, they're not gonna comment on it. They're gonna defer everything to the league office. And we haven't heard anything from the league office. The league office isn't gonna comment on an ongoing criminal investigation. This it's gonna get dropped, dude. It's gonna get dropped. Sure, and then they'll it's comment they'll comment abundantly on it. Yeah. But I guess not, not while it's not while it's still being played out in the courts. It hasn't even reached the courts yet. I I don't see. Trust me, dude. I'm a courts guy. I know yeah. the courts. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Levels. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see how that plays out, dude. But I would not be shocked. I guess I would be shocked if he played again. But it wouldn't shock me if they tried something like that, dude. Because they, I mean, you've seen it time and time again in in Major League Baseball. They just they care more about steroids. Than domestic violence, dude. Well, yeah, you know and they mean? care like, more, much more about sticky substances this yeah. year than they do Straight about up. than they do about anything else. Um, I mean, we, well, we talked about it before. Marcelo Zuna is going to be the test case for this era's stance on domestic violence. Unfor- I don't even know if this is the right word. Unfortunately, for Braves fans, that means it'll probably be harsher. Any sort of punishment that comes down from the commish, but. I don't know that necessarily what happens with Azuna, just like Soroka. It doesn't affect what happens to this team. They have pieces that they can move yeah. to get better. Those pieces are clearly out there. You got a front row seat to two of the pieces this weekend and Starling Marte and Adam Duvall. You guys, they could have both of those guys for $9 million total. Yeah. Both of them on expiring deals. Yeah. You don't have to deal with them next year. I mean, that's... That's pretty incredible. That well, I mean, right you, have to pay, you have to pay to get them. You're going to have to pay yeah. prospects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. But you won't have to pay money. But the Braves have told us that they're not going to spend the money, but... They'll spend they, the prospects. Yeah. Maybe so, but they have yet to do it. They're going to have to. They're not going to beat the Mets. The Nationals are really, really good in the East. And your Phillies, I know you're a Phillies fan, um, still have plenty of firepower. They need more, but at least it's getting better, right? You need to get to the interview, though, yeah? Yeah, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap up 74. Um, please follow at Podcast Grits on Twitter, at Jadon Sports for me on Twitter. Also wanted to tell you guys that we're still doing the anchor support. So in an effort to try to get more t-shirts with some new logos that were coming out, we ask you guys that if you can, sponsor us for even a buck a month. 99 cents a month, Spencer. Not a lot of money. Yeah. Go, go to anchor.fm slash hot grits slash support. And you can sign up for $0.99 cent a month, four ninety nine a month. 
or $9.99 a month. That way we can order t-shirts, probably Braves and Falcons themed, Yeah, I would assume, in bulk, um, along with like koozies and stuff. With the new logos. Yeah. Um, how did they find... Are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. Follow me at Spencer Maddox underscore. Don't you dare forget that underscore. That's why. Uh, the show on The Hot Grits on Instagram. Travis? Until next time, stay safe. Wash your hands, you filthy animals. Peace. The Prep Sports Report has been delivering local coverage for more than 20 years and continues to celebrate youth athletes in the coastal empire to this day. PSR has your daily updates on outstanding student athletes in our area every day, always free to read and scroll. Led by local legend Carl DeMasi, Prep Sports Report gives fans and parents what they want without any of the extras. Your athletes, your prep sports report. Visit prepsportsreport.com today. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at prepsav. You gotta love it. Prepsportsreport.com. Hey, Spencer, can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. If your tooth is hurting, who do you call? What profession do you call? I think that'd be the dentist. You call the dentist, right? You don't pull your own tooth. No. If you have a problem with anything in your house, right. you need some home improvement stuff, you don't do it yourself. You no, call, absolutely you, not. Who would you call? Uh, I'm not sure, but I think you're about to tell me. I think I'd call Bewley Oaks Home Improvement in Savannah. That's B-E-A-U-L-I-E-U. Bewley Oaks Home Improvement in Savannah is your spot for anything home improvement. Inside your house, outside your house, on top of your house, below your house. Tony at Bewley Oaks is your guy. Call him 912-667-5235. 912-667-5235. Call Tony and tell him the Hot Grits podcast sent you. All right, we're, we're joined now by Tim O'Neill, professional golfer from Savannah, recently off of the PGA Tour Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit this past weekend. Uh, Tim is calling in from Houston, right? San Antonio. San Antonio. Wow, he just said it, dude. Did he say that just now before yeah. we started recording, yeah, too? I just said that, yep. <laughs> Tim, listen, it's, uh, you know, I don't have a great memory. Hand up. Uh, <laughs> listen, man, hey, we, I really appreciate you joining us on the Hot Grits podcast, me personally, just because I um, was kind of turned on to your story in 2018, when I was working at the Savannah Morning News, that was the first year of the Savannah Golf Championship in the landings. Um, what, oh, was, yeah. what, what was then the Savannah Golf Championship. Yeah, and so I got to uh, cover that event. I think I was on Mark Silver's duty most of the weekend and most of the week uh, okay. leading up to it. But I, I, I remember watching you in that first round. And I think, didn't you, didn't you have the lead after round one? Yeah, I uh, I had the lead. Uh, I, I had a one shot lead actually going to the last hole, and then I tried to finish in the dark, and I three putted the hole um, to, to shoot sixty six to end up tied for the lead going to the second round. But yeah, uh, I played well that day. Tim, looking back at that field though, I I tell people all the time that field was loaded that first year in twenty eighteen. Sam Burns obviously has gone on to yeah. win on the PGA Tour. Cameron Champ was there uh, at the time too. I think. Um, Maverick McNeely, a lot of guys that were able to go really, really low. Uh, so just to be leading after a round, that, that's kind of when I caught on. And I, my buddy Dennis Knight told me that you were from Savannah, and I hadn't even realized it, man. And I was a sports reporter covering the tournament. So that's how out of it I was. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so this past weekend, you're in Detroit. 
it's uh, we'll get to how you got into the field in a second, but you shot three over. It was your eighth PGA Tour event. Uh, what uh, what was it like this weekend in Detroit at the Rocket Mortgage? Oh, it was it was definitely a uh, a great experience. You know, getting the chance to play in the Rocket Mortgage. Um, it's the old Donna Ross course. Um, the course is in great shape. Uh, you know, I was from T to green. I played fine. You know, I was over 80% of greens hitting regulations, but uh, for some reason I could not figure out the greens. They're a little bit slower than they were when I qualified for the tournament. I kept leaving putts short, just had some problems with the speed, but um, my overall uh, experience was definitely a good experience. Uh, I just wish I could have putted a little bit better and, and made the cut and, and played on the weekend, but um, getting an opportunity to play in the Rocket Mortgage was was nice, really nice. So on Thursday, I was waiting around all afternoon for your group to tee off, and I knew you were going to be last off. But how how tough was it to not go off till five fifteen, five twenty Eastern time on Thursday, no less, the first round? Yeah, you know they they had a lot of rain um, there uh, prior to the tournament, so you know the course was really wet and soft. And uh, now I was originally supposed to go off at two o'clock, but then, you know, there are some, some uh, delays in there, but that's all a part of it. You play golf long enough in golf tournaments, you're going to have no delays. So you just have to just try to find something to do to kind of pass the time. Um, went back to the hotel room um, for a little bit, got some food. You just have to just find stuff to kind of stay occupied. For, you know, right. you can't sit around the, the course and then, do nothing so you have to just find something to kind of occupy your time you, just like i said if you play golf for a living long enough you're going to have those situations where you're going to have those delays you just have to just deal with it is it tough to stay like locked in when you're doing that it, like to focus it is. On, yeah i would, I would imagine is. so yeah it is because you know 10 off at two o'clock you're that's already tough for me anyway because i'm an early riser but then right. I would, you know, you just got to start knocking back the silver bullets, man. Get a little, <laughs> just get one or two yeah. in you. You know what I mean? Then I, might, then, then I might fall asleep, might not, might miss yeah. my tea time. <laughs> yeah. That would be easy to do in Detroit, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, Tim, you're obviously from Savannah. You've said in the past that you began playing golf as a five year old child on a par three course. And I was curious as to which course. That was what. What part of three course did you did you grow up on? Uh, it was Bonaventure Golf in uh, Bonaventure. It's uh, just uh, on the other side of Thunderbolt. The course doesn't exist anymore. Um, but yeah, I when was about I was, to say, uh, I mean, he retired the course, bro. That's how that's how much he dominated <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the course is. Uh, it, it, I'm not sure when they closed that course down, but it's been a long time. And uh, yeah, I, I grew up playing out there my 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 uh you know my 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 dad was like I'm I'm not taking you on the on the you know full size golf course until you're able to play so that's where that's where I learned how to play on a par 3 course that's awesome that that reminds me of my dad in basketball he would never lower the goal even when I was like 5 years old like he just I would just have to shoot air balls on a 10 foot basket I never exactly you got to toughen you up yeah, I guess. I mean, I ended up being a terrible shooter. So, <laughs> Tim, you talked about the uh, you talked about the Donald Ross course. Uh, I'm assuming you've played Bacon Park a handful of times. Yeah, it's kind of where I grew up playing. Yeah, so I'm, 
So do, do you have the do you have the course record anywhere in Savannah? Any any numbers I need to shoot for going forward? Ooh, good question. In Savannah, uh, I have I, I will have the course record at Savannah Quarters. Really? Um, yes. No um, way. What what'd you get on the island hole at part three? That particular day, I don't know. I know I shot six. Yeah, what the heck, Trav? He plays like. Well, I've never hit the green <laughs> on that one before, so that's a notable hole. Never for hit me. the green. No, I've never it's hit the like green. A, Tim, could... it's like a pitching wedge, and it just—I get to the end of the round, and I'm like, "Oh, look how pretty this hole is. It's so nice." And then it's just blocked left or chunked right. <laughs> yeah, Tim. Next time you're back home, we uh we got to get you and Travis out on the course together no, because no, no, his no, no, uh no. he's he's got the uh what's it the yips? Yeah, he's yeah. He's got the so, yips all over the place, dude. Tim, the yips. In December, Tim, six consecutive rounds breaking 90. My last one was December 28th. In 2021, I have yet to break 100. <laughs> wow. So Sounds I've gone, like... I posted an 83 in December of 2020, and now I'm, I can't break 100. I'm an absolute circus over the ball. <laughs> Well, sounds like you need to get some golf lessons. That's what I said, Tim. Yeah, I do, I do. Uh, Tim, what, what are some of the courses that you've played in Savannah? I know I've seen you and um, Tommy, is it Schaff or Schaff? Tommy Schaff. Tommy Schaff. Uh, I've seen you guys out at La Vida before. I had to stop and watch you one time play that, uh, the par five, I think it was the par five fourth at yeah. La Vida. Um, so, so when I saw you at La Vida, I was like, well, man, this guy must be playing all over the place in Savannah. Is there any course that you haven't played in Savannah? Any public tracks? Uh, no. I mean, I, I mean, I grew up in Savannah, so I've, I've, I've pretty much played every golf course in Savannah. And, you know, I, I mix it up. You know, I play mainly. I'm at uh, Savannah Golf Club, uh, Savannah Quarters. I go out to the Fall Plantation sometimes. So, and I, and you know, I get out of the landings and play out there a little bit. So, pretty much every golf course in Savannah. Um, if there's a course I played. All right, let me ask you this. You played Mary Calder before. Oh, my God, yeah. Yes, I have. I've played Mary Calder plenty of times. Uh, they used to have a tournament out there, um, the La Vida Invitational. Um, Spencer, uh, you want to tell him, Spencer? Yeah, uh, Tim, he can't wait to get this out of his mouth, so go ahead, dude. August 2017, August 16th, 2017, number four, with a five wood, choked up, back of the green, hole in one, at, or at Mary Calder for your boy really yep 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 and i had uh i had i posted it obviously right and i i made a huge mistake of posting that i used a five word from 184 <laughs> yeah. yeah you should have left that part out i know it was a devastating blow but i'll, I'll get it right on the next one i should have been like it was like heavy winds yeah you should have said heavy winds or if not just said just say i use a seven iron <laughs> seven iron uh tim how far does your seven iron go what do what are your what's your stock seven iron uh, stock seven iron, uh, in the, especially in the summertime, about 175, 180. Oh, okay. We mean, oh, okay. Well, it's like right around, it, he hits the ball a little further than I do. I mean, it, it's crazy to you because you, you're hitting, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's Good three point. wood for you. Good point. <laughs> Tim, here's a question for you, golf related. Tiger or Jack? Well, I've never seen Jack play, um, when I was growing up, so obviously I'm going to go Tiger. That's the correct answer. That's the correct answer. We we're a pro Tiger podcast for sure. Uh, what about yeah. uh, what about Bryson or Brooks? Uh, man, I gotta I I gotta go with Brooks. Of course you do. Another correct answer from our guy <laughs> Tim O'Neill. <laughs>
uh, Tim, Chatham Parkway Lexus Mike Wells t- uh, said this about you after giving you a Lexus ES350 F Sport sedan for winning the Advocates Professional Golf Association Tours season-long point standings. Boy, that's a lot of words. Uh, you won the season. <laughs> you won the season-long standings in 2020, and you got this Lexus that. I guess would be really beneficial for you as you're traveling across the country playing all these tournaments. But but I thought what Wells said about you was pretty interesting. He said this, quote, What's cool is that this is a great Savannah story. I remember Tim from his days as a top amateur. Tim and PGA Tour Champions player Gene Sowers are the pride of Savannah golf. What Does that uh, quote carry weight? I, I don't know Mike Wells, but that's a pretty heavy quote right there. Yeah, I mean it was nice of him to say that. Um, so yeah, I won the uh, I won the points, the Lexus points for from the uh, APGA tour last year, and uh, they uh, they gave me a, a year lease on a uh, on a Lexus, which is nice to travel in. And uh, I wish I would have been able to give me the car, but I'll take the lease and run with it. Um, so at, at the end of the year, I have to give the car back, which is going to be painful, but um, I have to give it back. But for Mike to say that um, means a lot, and I'm and I'm glad he thinks that of uh, of Gene and myself. So Tim, you're 48 right now, not to not to date you, turning 49 in August. That puts yeah. you 13 months out from being eligible for the Champions Tour. Is that, I mean, from based off of what I've read from you, what I've heard from you, is that kind of the aiming point there when you turn 50 to to be ready to hit the Champions Tour? running well yeah i mean that's this i mean obviously i'm not that far away um you know I'm, I'm just trying to uh to stay healthy and 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 uh work on um my game you know even harder and uh just like you said i want to hit the ground running when that time comes but until then you know i'm gonna still you know i'm gonna still compete and, and practice hard and then you know hopefully when that time comes, I'll be, I'll be ready to go. You know, you know, I have to stay healthy and all that kind of stuff. You know, I'm not going to go out and play some pickup basketball or anything like that, but I'm just, you know, keep doing what I'm doing and, and uh, try to wait, make my weaknesses, my strength. So Tim, I noticed that you are, you've, you have different caddies at a lot of these different tournaments. What is that like for you? The process of finding a caddy per tournament, do you have, a guy that's full time with you right now, or or how does that work every week? Uh, well, if I don't get a buddy um, to caddy for me, you have to find a caddy, which can be difficult. Um, so what I do is, uh, you know, you just, you know, usually there's always someone that wants to caddy. Um, sometimes you pick up bad caddies, sometimes you pick up good caddies, but usually, you know, as long as you can, you know, as long as they can keep keep up and shut up. That usually works for me. Oh, I'll jump on the bag with you. Do you have to... Hey, hold on one second. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on now. Do you have to be 50 to caddy on the Champions Tour? No, no, no. (laughs) Do you have a dress code requirement for your caddies? Well, there is a dress code for the tour. Um, uh, You know, I think the shorts have to be a certain length. Uh, I'm not sure if you have to wear college shirts, but... But yeah, there is. I'm not sure exactly what the dress code is, but I think there is one. I've you always, can't wear anything like loud. You can't wear like pink shorts or anything like that. Right. As far as I, I just want to wear like generic tube high socks with, I don't know what kind of hat, but just a noticeable hat. You know what I mean? <laughs> I want to. I want to be noticed out there. 
<laughs> yeah, I think with the dress code, caddies can't wear anything crazy because they don't want to take away from the player. You well, know? I'm out. Spencer, you can have that then. I'm out. <laughs> um, hey, so I wanted to ask you, it seems like, Tim, that when we talk about Savannah golfers, Savannah professional golfers, um, that you, you seem to be kind of between some of these guys that are that are pretty well known like yourself. So Gene Sowers, obviously a, a little older than you. And then it seems like, you know, Brian Harmon and Mark Silvers, those kind of guys are, you know, a generation beneath you. Does it kind of feel that way to you that in terms of Savannah pro golf, that you're sort of between these guys? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I've, I've, I remember Brian Harmon, um, my days when I was in high school working at Southbridge, you know, I've known Brian for a long time and then, you know, Mark Silver. So I know a lot of those guys, but yeah, it's just, you know, I'm a little bit older than those guys and James a little bit older than me. So that's just how it is. Um, but I've played golf with all those guys, you know, a bunch of times and, you know, great guys. And I mean, we just love competing against each other. Who's better? <laughs> I don't know. I'll let you ask them that. I'll take it, yeah, ahead. I'll take it from there. I, I've always said that if I were Brian Harmon, I'd have a car dealership here or something. Like, I would make a bigger deal of the fact that I'm from Savannah. It seems like Brian, in particular, is more – I guess he's more focused on just tour events and stuff like that, but you don't see a whole lot of Brian Harmon in Savannah. Do you know what I mean? Especially from somebody who's so well-known at this point. Like, he's had a really good career. You know what I mean? That's true. You don't see his name or, like, his – yeah. Well, I guess you know Brian. Brian has a young family and stuff too, and you know, he lives down in Dallas. So he's just Brian's just doing his thing. You know, he's playing golf, and then when he's not playing golf, he's probably fishing and hunting. So he probably doesn't even. I, I don't even know if he even thinks about it. He just kind of just wants to do his thing, with you know, you know, playing golf, and then when he's not doing that, you know, he's with his family or, or fishing or hunting. You know, that's that's yeah. how just Brian is. Yeah, more power to him. I mean, yeah. like. He owe I don't know, he doesn't owe any of that kind of stuff to Savannah or to us. And I mean, I'm still gonna always root for him because he's from the nine one two. But I I don't know. It just does seem a little like other professional athletes that probably have not accomplished as much as Brian Harmon already has. You can't go like more than a mile in Savannah sometimes without seeing their name or hearing them on the radio. Yeah, or, true. And really, these guys accomplished very little. They were just pro yeah, athletes. like like in Detroit, you know. I, I played, I traveled with Bubba Watson playing the uh, Nationwide Tour. And then, you know, when I was up in Detroit, I played a practice round with him. And, you know, Bubba moved back down to Pensacola and he has a car dealership, a candy shop. And he's right. into a lot of things, but that's that's just Bubba. You know, they're kind of different people other than they're both lefty. But, yeah, so know, it Bubba comes down to it. Bubba's personal. into a lot of things. So, um, you know, everyone's different. You know, Brian just kind of wants to stay low key under the radar and kind of just do his own thing. And, you know, Bubba you know, is, uh, into a lot. How, how, how was it playing with Bubba? I know he's recently sort of undergone like a, a mental transformation of sorts. Like he's starting to open up more. I know a lot in interviews and stuff like that and dealing with anxiety issues and stuff like that it is I'm assuming he's pretty fun to play a practice round with. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I've, I've known Bubba since like 2003 and, uh, you know, to me, He's just still Bubba. I mean, even though he's won the Masters a few times, and um, you never know what someone's going going through in their head and all that. But you know, he's just still the same guy that I've always known. You know, I guess having to deal with a lot of stuff after having all this fame and stuff. 
probably gets to me a little bit, but you know, he's uh he still seems like he's having fun playing golf. He had a chance to uh to win this last tournament last week, so it looks like his game's in form. All right, Tim, we'll wrap up with you. So I got a, I got a few more questions that I just gotta cross off quickly. Is it true okay. that is it true that actor Will Smith was a one time sponsor of yours? That is true. Can I have a little bit of a backstory behind that? How did how did that happen? That's awesome. So the year was two thousand, and uh, I I was doing a Monday qualifier in uh, Virginia, um, and um, one of uh, a guy that worked for Will was with a friend of mine that I played college golf against. So. Um, I didn't know the guy worked for Will at the time. So a friend of mine, we went to dinner um, and then uh, I ended up qualifying for this uh, event. It was the corn fair. It, it was a corn fair tour, but it was called like buy.com tour or something. Right. So I qualified for the tournament. And then after the tournament, uh, the guy's name was Craig. He contacted me, right, you know, after I was done for the week and he was like, Hey, you know, you know it was nice meeting you. Um, uh, anyway, he's like, I worked for Will Smith. He had just gotten done with Bagger Vance in Savannah. And, uh, you know, he's like, Will's looking to sponsor someone to help out with golf. So then that's kind of things got going and then went out to L.A., hung out with, with Will for like a week. And then, yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. 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 That's so, so awesome. Yeah. We buried the lead. Yep. So, so yeah, um, got a chance to meet Will. And at the time he was, uh, he was uh, reading the script for Ali. And, uh, yeah, Will, Will, Will's a great guy and, uh, got a chance to hang out with Will and he sponsored me for like almost two years, actually. So do you, do you have sponsors now or, or do you have like no, something like uh, that on the I, horizon? I, I know it's hit or miss. I don't have sponsors now, but I'm looking for sponsors. Um, so yeah, you know, uh, definitely trying to put that out there where, uh, you know, maybe I could pick up a sponsor or two and, and, and well, help with school and all that kind of stuff coming up well what can we do tim how how, how can we help to promote that or spread that what, what's that like process like where do we send them oh well i mean i i don't know what you guys could do but i guess just put it out there you know maybe maybe someone will hear this and 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 want to help a brother out yeah man we have connections tim i don't know if you know this we've had the mayor on the podcast before not, really yeah not not that big of a deal um Ask him about the Duran Avenue Globe, which we need to ask you about that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We ask every, pretty much every guest we have on. Have you, have you heard of the news about the the Duran Avenue Globe? No. Do you know about the Duran Avenue Globe? You're from Savannah. Uh, yeah, I know where it is. Okay, yeah. So obviously, you know, it's a monument for the city, and it's a big deal to us. Yeah. Parker's gas station, some other stuff, some other uh, entities were trying to move the globe and get rid of the globe altogether. Uh, in order to build stuff, but we started a pro-globe movement, and we had an alderman on a couple weeks ago, and he said that they are actually phasing now to build around the the globe, so they're going to keep the Duran Avenue globe there. So we just ask everyone if they're pro-globe or not. Hey, it's been there for so long. Just I think you might as well just leave it there. Now. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. Pro globe. <laughs> That's pro, yeah. Count it. Count it. Pro globe. So in other words, I'm pro Tim O'Neill, and I'm pro globe. <laughs> All 
Um, okay, Tim, how do they find you on social media or anything like that? You want to point them anywhere? Where, where are you? So where are you going to be this weekend? Actually, what's next for you? Um, well, I am coming home. I get home next week, and then uh, I have the uh, I have the Georgia Open coming up, which is at the Four Plantation uh, first week of August. Um, Hell yeah! And before that, um, late July, I'm, I'm probably going to going to play in the Iowa Open. Um, but from you know, that's about it. So right now, when I'm going to get home, I'm going to practice and then uh, get ready for those two tournaments, and then. Uh, that's that's it for right now. I have to look at my schedule right off the top of my head. I'm not sure what else I have going on, but but that's it right now. What I can think of on the top of my head. Well, just to let you know, we have a uh, foursome best ball tournament July 31st at Southbridge, and we only have three right now. So if you're around July 31st, we could use a fourth. All right. Well, let me know. I have to look at my schedule and see if I'm home. But yeah, um, they might not like me playing. But man, we, we don't care we about them. We yeah. got pulled, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey Tim, we all really right. appreciate it, man. All right, thanks for having me, guys. Take it easy, bud. Thank you. Bye bye.